0: If you're an early-stage Web3 founder, apply to our award-winning accelerator program Basecamp at outliveventures.io Basecamp. We write your first $50,000 check and give you access to 200 mentors, including many of the leading Web3 founders, and a network of 1,000 of the world's leading investors and exchanges. We've helped over 30 startups from 15 countries from all around the world, raise $130 million in growth funding and can help you fast-track product market fit and, where relevant, the launch of your token economy. Today, I'm really happy to welcome Pete Wood, co-founder of Coinburp. Welcome, Pete. Hey, how's it going? So, Pete, you describe Coinburp as the coinbase for NFTs or SEX 2.0. SEX 2.0 sounds more exciting, I'll be honest. I mean, I like NFTs, but... But of course, when I say sex 2.0, I mean uh, CEX rather than SEX. So sorry to disappoint. So, those that I um, got excited there for a moment. So, uh, I know you from our Basecamp Accelerator. You just graduated. And so, we are, what are we now? May um, 2021. And uh, it was a great pleasure working with you through that. And Coinburp has been making great strides throughout uh, 2020. So I believe towards the end of 2020, you were uh, an R, one of the UK's leading regulated crypto brokerage platforms, about 40,000 users. And you've been developing a fully integrated CFI to DeFi offering uh, with a native app experience, And you've been enjoying phenomenal growth. So I think it's something like uh, just under 700% growth in user registrations. Trading volume um, across the platform is up by just under 600% to around $34 million. You have also been rated number one trusted crypto brokerage according to Trustpilot UK. Um, And you've got some great... Advisors, uh, including eToro's former CEO, as well as co founder of Sandbox, Sebastian, who's been on the show before. So, a good kind of combination of both traditional finance, fintech, and NFTs. And all of that will make sense, I guess, as we begin to explain what CoinBurp is all about. So, I will intro, so aside from the fact, obviously, that we, we love you, having gone through the program and the fact that you're coming out of the UK and you operate across Europe, but you know, you're know you definitely one of the more exciting projects generally in crypto to be coming out of the UK, which is always good to see and champion. But to kind of give a, a more general context as to why we've got you on the show So, you know, centralized exchanges have, of course, been enjoying tremendous growth over the last year, 2020, 2021, but, you know, it's been said that they've failed to really help their users maximize from the innovations and opportunities in DeFi. And I know you look at NFTs as a subset of that, as a a kind of collateral that's being missed in DeFi. And... In their place, challenger platforms are starting to emerge. You know, we're we're pitched all the time by projects that are claiming to be a CFI DeFi bridge, um, and you know, so you guys kind of sit within that category. Effectively, you are a challenger to um, centralized exchanges, but where you're kind of looking to to bridge CFI into DeFi, but perhaps. Uh, you know, coming in it from from both perspectives. So, I also think you're an interesting founder. In that, I would class you as a true D-gen, um which is of course meant in a, t- a term of affection in in crypto. Um, but really, you know, you have a an unconventional background, but you've been um, you're kind of a a perfect illustration of a relatively young entrepreneur. That has been able to build something from pretty much nothing um, through hard work, grit, and of course, just being deep in the space. I know you've got. Uh, I, I learned recently, actually, I didn't know this prior that you've got a pretty impressive NFT collection of punks, glyphs, and more recently, me bits. So pretty much anything, Lava Labs. So, um, so I think you know, f- founders, especially up and coming founders, will will find your. Your journey very inspirational, and also I think you know this this narrative of how NFTs and DeFi converge and combine has been a key part of our our thesis at Outlier, which is why we brought you into the program. And you're doing some wonderfully weird things with. Uh, with loyalty points, leveraging leveraging NFTs and stuff. So we'll get into all that a little bit later. But let's start with the background. As I said, it's not, you know, conventional in a kind of Web3 founder context. You know, normally you speak with very technical founders or kind of Ivy League. Uh, you've got a really interesting story. Your first venture was Bitbroker in 2014, right? And, and so your first company was a crypto company. So t- tell tell us, tell us about that story.
1: Yeah, sure. So I mean, thanks for the great intro, just just to begin. But um, yeah, very very unconventional, like you said. I never really sort of set out to be a, an entrepreneur. It wasn't one of those things for me where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to work for a boss. I want to be my own boss. Um, it, it just it was never like that uh, to begin with. I, I think I have a personality naturally that likes to take risks, calculated risks, of course, not not just crazy stuff, but. Um, back in 2014, I used to work in public sector as, as sort of an IT desktop support engineer, so nothing special, just sort of climbing my way for IT. I, I knew it was IT that I wanted to be in ultimately, but just had a really keen um, interest in sort of customer service and, and, and automation. That was, sort of, that was sort of my thing back in the day. Come across Bitcoin and yeah, just some guy brought a miner into, into our office and it's whirring away. And I'm thinking, what the hell is that noise? And he said, "Look, you need have a have a read up on Bitcoin. This was 2014, right? So it's quite quite a while ago. And um, read up about it. May or may not have installed thousands of miners across all the machines at work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On taxpayers' money as well, you (laughs) you bastard." (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah so um yeah may may or may not have gone around turning on all the machines when they're turned off to make sure the hash rate was was as high as it could be and yeah doing that that stuff but yeah and uh found local bitcoins um which is sort of a peer-to-peer if you guys don't know sort of a peer-to-peer trading platform which was i mean it's still massive today but back back in 2014 it was the go-to place the go-to marketplace for for people who wanted to to buy and sell crypto especially in the uk and found out that i could just pretty easily just buy buy bitcoin at a wholesale rate so exchanges like bitstamp i would i would wire money there um buy a load of bitcoin there withdraw it to my local bitcoins account and sell everything to my back then was my personal natwest bank account i've had for like 15 years and i can imagine the shock when they started seeing like Hundreds of thousands of pounds running through the <laughs> account every single month. So, um, but yeah, that's that's sort of the history. Started then in 2014. Realised that there was tons of inefficiencies for how our, our competitors were were operating in the space. Really wanted to completely dominate the local Bitcoin's UK space through automation and, and custom service. That was again, it's, it's my thing. So hired a few devs, wrote a load of scripts, uh, managed to run a 24 seven bot on there. The first of of uh, that was ever done in the UK was the first guy to open a UK brokerage. A lot of guys have just copied suit now on there and then sort of done what i done, but I sort of was the, was the leading guy there. And yeah, 2017, uh, by then we'd done like £100 million in turnover and sort of £3 million in profit. And that was,
0: I guess, my, my bit broker story. Well, and you missed out the bit that you started all that with a £1,000 overdraft limit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's how it all began. It was, uh, it, I always explain it like a snowball, right? You start small and the thousand pounds turns into a thousand and ten, the thousand and ten into a thousand and twenty. And you, you just recycle it and recycle and recycle it. And the sky was the limit. I mean, the thing for me was, where is this ceiling point? Like, how big is this space? Because I'm I'm selling out in like an hour, an hour and a half. But of course, as, as I managed to accrue more, uh, more capital in my bank account, I can buy more Bitcoin, and maybe it's extended to two hours, two and a half hours. But again, I just didn't know what that ceiling point was. And I'm, I'm making a few percent a day, right? It was, it was, it was, it was amazing how much, how much I was making at the time as, as just a kid in, in public sector uh, doing an IT business. And um, yeah, it just, just a lot of things come together. Bull run started happening in 2017, but yeah, it, it did, it did literally begin with a thousand pounds overdraft because I was always in my overdraft.
0: And then, so we fast forward to 2018 when you set up Coinburp. So, what was the what was a catalyst for for Coinburp?
1: Yeah, so I always ask myself because local bitcoins wasn't the easiest platform to use, especially if you're a, you hear about Bitcoin from your mates down the pub and you want to get into it for the first time. It's the UI is a bit clunky. The sort of onboarding experience was a bit tricky and. I always ask myself how many fall off that bandwagon en route to purchasing this Bitcoin because I just knew of these these complexities that were coming across for, for just everyday users. So yeah, decided to take the plunge to create this sort of super easy cryptocurrency trading platform with a, a huge emphasis on sort of the key metrics which drive ease of use. And, and, and those those for us were like registration, the um, verification piece, deposits, trading, and withdrawal. And it was at what speed can we get someone from their initial registration up to their first withdrawal? And, and we sort of licked the finger, put it in the air, and sort of said, look, if we can get this done in under 15 minutes, I think we're onto a winner here. So with that in mind, we needed to look at heavy automation. So um, KYC providers that could do, do the KYC from well, 24-7, 365, a bank account that could uh, allow us to, to hook in and detect when payments come in and credit accounts, and then obviously a, a cryptocurrency uh, custody service where we could you know, have all the technology available to us to do the withdrawals as well. So, with that in mind, we onboarded with yeah some some UK banks, um, Jumio, who's our, our KYC provider for the for the um, automation of KYC. And then BitGo, which are like the leading cryptocurrency custodian in, in here. So yeah, that's that was the plan, and um, yeah, I think I think we've done quite well up to now.
0: And you're regulated, and and you kind of got all the insurance as well, right?
1: Yeah, so I mean, in the UK now, it's it's a requirement to be regulated as a, as a cryptocurrency business. The, the the FCA have recently introduced that um, very long application form and, and process to get onto this list, but we are on the list. And BitGo, again, like one of the one of the things for us is security. It's it's sort of peace of mind for our customers, and how can we how can we sort of reassure them when a lot of people are trying to get into the space that it's not as as scary as, as you may think? And I think in, insurance um, is is a natural complement to that. So BitGo for us ensures our our, our cold storage up to one hundred million dollars, and um, yeah, it was an it was just a, an easy choice when when we were looking for a crypto custodian.
0: So then you fast forward to what late or mid 2020 you surveyed some of your users about why they weren't using defi and you kind of got some insights from that that led to the kind of journey that you've been going on since then parts of which of course was during the base cap accelerator program with us
1: yeah, exactly. So we saw DeFi starting to really emerge around that time. And I mean, my thing is we we want to try and live on this bleeding edge of, of financial services, knowing we're in crypto as well. I, I think this this is the, the the front runner for a lot of the driving um, factors in, in what will make finance uh, in, in years to come. So we decided to survey the existing customer base we had and we just sort of asked them two questions, right? Are you in sort of have you heard of have you heard of DeFi first and foremost, and are you interested in uh, in interacting with DeFi? And we, we managed to carve out these these groups of our customer bases that sort of fell into, into into one of these categories of whether they were interested but maybe invested via another platform or whether they were not interested at all. So sort of heard about DeFi and just like no, nah, not for me. Don't don't want to learn about that. But interestingly enough. We had a 33% of our customers come back and say that they were interested in DeFi, but they hadn't yet invested. So we went a bit deeper. We dug in and asked them, what was what's the stumbling box? What's, what's stopping you from really venturing into DeFi? And the three reasons we heard back from our customers were it was too difficult to use. So the understanding of, I guess, non-custodial wallets, uh, private key anxiety was was a key one as well. So yeah, e- even if you can get this Metamask Chrome extension downloaded, then being told to store these 12 words or risk losing all your crypto was again another another barrier to entry for them and they would just stop there and and the insurance piece as well so um, again I think one of the main driving reasons a lot of our users um, or customers use the platform is because we have this insurance for them that we can offer so we thought right if we can tackle these these free uh, these free points for our customers, Is this something that is indicative of what the wider community in crypto or just general public are are perceiving it as? And um, yeah, we set off on this journey to create this product we're calling Coinbase for NFTs. I think it it not only did it come back in the survey that NFTs was of a particular interest to our customer base, but I think as being Coinburp and being a bit fun and friendly, right? I think NFTs is is the natural. Natural route for us if we're going to tackle one sort of subsection within DeFi.
0: So let's let's talk about the DeFi component first, right? So you've got this mobile native wallet to bridge CFI and DeFi. Let, how, how does that work? Yeah, sure.
1: So what we natively already have is this is this native app on, on iOS and Android for our, our crypto trading platform, sort of congo.com. And for us to uh, be able to offer our customers the interactions with DeFi, it's about setting up our wallet infrastructure with BitGo in a certain way that, and, it, and it's all smart contracts in Ethereum, right? You just need to be able to send the right message and, and, and the funds and, and interact with these smart contracts. And, and the developers are amazing at what they do. It's, it's sort of outside of my skill set, but I, I understand exactly what the process is to be able to do that. And what we can allow our customers to be able to do in the initial um, build of our of our app is buy and sell NFTs. So we we will integrate um, into marketplaces, NFT marketplaces, and allow our customers to buy these NFTs with fiat. So from a customer uh, sort of a customer experience. It's very like them just buying cryptocurrency. The only difference on our platform is you're buying an NFT, not a crypto. But the process is very similar. You just need to use fiat to buy a, an item or, or crypto. Behind the scenes, of course, it's a completely different ballgame. We're not uh, in, in Web2 world on on crypto when we operate. Where we're just changing a few numbers in a few tables on our, on our database. This is very much about interacting with smart contracts and sending Ethereum to To execute a trade and purchase the NFT and return it, but the experience for the customer is very much
0: the same. So when you say fiat, currently that's British sterling and euros, right?
1: Yeah, so currently it's just British sterling and euros. We're onboarding with um, uh, card payments to to give us many, many more um, currencies that we can offer. PayPal, uh, funny enough, reached out to us and wanted us to onboard with them. Uh, so we're in the process of onboarding with them as well, and I think we could be one of the first uh, first few companies to have PayPal as as a payment option for for crypto. I know there's a few around, but there's not many. Um, and some other, yeah, sort of like PayPal, uh, Screw, and, and Nutella are, are, are some of the other payment methods we we want to offer. But in terms of uh, enabling our customers to be able to purchase these NFTs, it's about widening that funnel as far as we can and offering as many different payment options as we can for our customers.
0: And again, just before we go into into NFTs, and as I said, you've kind of built this n- novel NFT loyalty loop of your own. But in terms of the DeFi protocols itself that you've been integrating with like prior to this, and the, the reason why I'm asking this is because the like most people might not immediately get the connection between NFTs and DeFi. And so, I think it's important for them to understand. So, firstly, you've kind of been building out this sex to dex infrastructure, um, and you've been integrating into, I believe, Uniswap, Aave, Yearn, Curve, uh, and several others. Right? Yeah. So,
1: there are some great products out there uh, in DeFi world which enable the easy integration into multiple different projects in the DeFi space um, out of the box. It's just a it's a simple integration. Um, so. Rather than us having to do the the integrations one by one, we can just simply make use of one of these established um, companies who who allowed us allowed them to do it for us. And yeah, what you're referring to there is is our DeFi wallet. So yeah, in in the App Store at the minute, in in Google Play or iOS, you'll be able to search for Coinbase DeFi and see this second wallet, which will do all the funky um, non custodial stuff that that you that you, you want to be able to do and interact with they and Compound and, and Uniswap and add liquidity and, and and all of that stuff. So that's off was our first mission to release this completely separate DeFi wallet. Um, but as as an approach uh, going forward, we will actually combine the two and marry them together. So um, the centralized Coinbap app, which is again that's out in the, in the app stores in a minute. That will will merge with this Coinburk DeFi app. And what you would expect to see on this is when you download the app, you'll see the two sides. You'll see the custodial side, where maybe people want to feel more safe and allowing us to control uh the interactions and control the the the, the crypto for them and the fiat for them and, and do the interactions with DeFi. Or you have the the other bucket of people which are completely comfortable with owning their own private keys and interacting with these protocols and we want to have that option for our customers where we're not just purely a, a, a sort of centralized wallet player where we're forcing guys to to onboard with us and, and use that service. We 100% want to support the people who just really enjoy the, the the experience that we're offering on on our app. And you can do that. You could just register and just use the non-custodial piece and you know where you're purchasing ETH or any other cryptos from to deposit in the non-custodial piece and, and interact with these protocols. So um, yeah, we're big believers in DeFi and, and, and the non-custodial piece. So that there's an option for, for users of our wallet to do that.
0: Great. And so you know, the, the reason why I guess this is important in the context of NFTs are increasingly NFTs are becoming a form of collateral in DeFi. Um, I think especially now that the markets are, you know, as I said, we're kind of beginning of Q2, 2021, the markets are slowing down a little bit. There's a lot of people that have a lot of their money tied up in NFTs. You might be one of them, Um, you know, high value NFTs, not very liquid um, that they, they might need to rather than sell, they might want to kind of borrow against. And I know that's not something you're doing immediately now, but that's, that's why you want to kind of get all the, the DeFi set up before you kind of begin rolling out the NFTs, right?
1: Yeah, the, the sort of collateralized loans um, is, is a huge part. And it's not just what's available at the minute, but in terms of the future of tokenizing specific assets in sort of the real the wider world and being able to um, borrow against it is huge. I think that's a huge market that we're going into. A uh, couple of players in the NFT space, which are doing amazing jobs like Niftex, Nif- NiftyFi, where... You can yeah either borrow against it in terms of DAI or some stable coins or uh, create an index fund where you put your NFT in there and, and, and get a token as a representation against against the NFT and stake it on a, on a sushi swap pool. It's just the sort of world's our, our oyster at the minute. I think the long-term ambition is to be able to do, is, is to avoid having these idle assets, whether that's crypto or, or NFTs and just sitting there and just, accumulating value it's about putting them to work to be able to increase the utility and the value from them so yeah places like niftex and nifty fire doing amazing jobs um i'd love to be able to work with them in the future at some point i think that's sort of our natural progression when as we stay in in the nft space for the meantime and um yeah we'd love to be able to offer that that sort of service to
0: our customers oh well i can definitely connect you to steven he's a lovely guy from um from nifty Fi. so and as you said you know like now we're looking at nfts in the context of collectibles or art but increasingly there'll be nfts which will be a yield bearing income bearing they might be associated to real world assets um and so having effectively a a, a, a wallet or two wallets where i can seamlessly move between fiat on and off ramps um and you know both purchase and put NFTs to work as collateral in DeFi, and then quickly you know move back into fiat is obviously going to be a game changer. So so let's go into the the NFT component now. So you've built the NFT wallet, and um, you're you're now kind of rolling out the marketplace piece. Could we could we talk through that? Some of the different NFTs that you're looking to roll out. I know you've got a number of Partnerships, and then perhaps after that we can talk about the the loyalty game that you're you're building on top with your own NFTs. Sure.
1: So in terms of our approach as a marketplace, we want to be a, an aggregated marketplace, uh, chain agnostic, and that's a key thing. I mean, we're finding a lot of other chains like Polkadot, sort of Flow, uh, even Layer Two like like Polygon are. are um, creating sort of NFT standards on there because they want to. They they think they will be the yeah the gold standard, I guess, of, of NFTs. And our long term ambition is to be this aggregator across all NFT marketplaces. What I feel no marketplace currently do that well is um, yeah they have a huge variety of NFTs on, on offer, but the sort of the personalization of understanding what maybe a customer wants to see and uh, and 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 browse is quite poor. sort of left to your own devices and again i mean i come from a very web to retail sort of the 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 general public type of approach and what we've heard from some of our customers in in feedback is that it's very confusing they're sort of given this whole world of nfts to browse and it's sort of like giving the keys to a massive mansion and just saying like sort of fend for yourself find out where you've got to where you've got to go without having someone sort of handhold you and guide you through the experience so personalization is is super key for us and it could be as simple as like a tinder like swipe process where you know you load the app for the first time you're shown 20 different nfts all with different characteristics and you either swipe left swipe right
0: is that why we call it sex 2.2
1: <laughs>
0: good point actually i might uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one
1: <laughs> and um yeah i mean just using the metadata and stuff that's available to us you can get a feel for I guess the, the the yeah, the the preferences that a specific user or customer of the app enjoys looking at. And it's about this curated experience, right? So you can really bring it down from the millions of NFTs that may be available to really maybe certain collections that you think they may be interested in and and um, like a recommended for you section, as soon as they come up, you can understand whether they're browsing just because they like to browse, or whether they're looking to purchase. And if they're looking to purchase, sort of what's what's your price range? And to have this available on, on a native app, where I mean, the NFTs I'm sure will look amazing on native app is 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 a key thing for us. Like no one's doing that at the minute, and and we we will be the the first company that achieves that.
0: So tell us about the um, the partnerships you've got in place, because you've You've got several partnerships, you know, we, we kind of helped you with that as you're going through the program. And this will be for exclusive exclusive drops, right?
1: Exactly. So we've established partnerships with, uh, with three NFT platforms at the minute. And that's Sandbox.game, uh, NFT Boxes, and Avastars, one of the, uh, well, Jim was a, a, a member of the cohort I was on. Amazing guy. And, and NFT it, NFT boxes is pranksies, right? Exactly, NFT boxes is pranksies. and uh, sandbox the game is is Sebastian, who you said, yeah, he's, he's an advisor on our platform. And the way it works is, if you as a user say Jamie, right, you come along to our, our DAP and you've got a bunch of Burp tokens that you want to stake. So you may say, look, let, let's lock them up for six months, and we'll give you twenty percent interest on on these on these state on these state Burps. And not only do you generate that interest on your stake burps, you also get entry into this exclusive raffle. Um, and by the way, the entry into the raffle are, are raffle ticket NFTs, so it's it's tradable, it's usable in that month. Maybe you want to wait for another month, but um, it, it's quite a cool way for be for people to be able to earn these NFTs, which will have value on marketplaces like OpenSea. But assuming you stake for the month of uh, month of Sandbox. So yeah, Sandbox month. We work with Sandbox to give us these exclusive limited edition NFTs to be given as prizes within this raffle. Now, all the prizes that are given to us will be ranked anywhere from common up to legendary. So you've got common, uncommon, rare, epic, and legendary. And they all have different multiplier uh, values assigned to them. But if we just let's take uh, what Sandbox are going to create for us is this Coinbird mascot. So one of one, limited edition, exclusive to Coinburp that you could hold in your wallet, connect it in sandbox and run around in the game and, and, and do what you need to do. Now, if you were lucky enough to win this, this legendary Coinburp mascot, it would go back into your wallet. And where I mentioned the multiplier value, these guys would have in, on a legendary NFT would be like a two times multiplier. So now if you go ahead and stake some more burps along with this NFT, the interest that you would return would actually be multiplied by two. So if we said 20% before, you'd now get 40%. And it's, for us, it's just, a, I guess, a natural marriage of CeFi meeting DeFi, right? We've got these platforms that are so heavily embedded in the world of non-custodial wallets and, and, and DeFi. And we've come along with a, a huge customer base of people who want to get into NFTs and there's, there's, a, there's a clear demand for it. And yeah, it's it's through this loyalty loop that we're creating to encourage people to stake, encourage uh, people to stake more burps with us. In a chance of winning these NFTs, I think is a really a really cool way of approaching this and and having this sort of co-promotion and co-marketing opportunity with these top NFT platforms.
0: And they're all coming to you because effectively you're a distribution channel for them. You've got forty thousand users. Um, that you're looking to convert over into NFTs. And so it kind of makes sense for them uh, to, to use you as a distribution channel. Now, I, you, you mentioned Burp in all this. Actually, we, we didn't reference Burp prior. And I do think you know it's interesting for people to understand the interplay between fungible token and a non-fungible token. So maybe just to step back a bit, and for clarity's purpose like what role does the fungible burp token play in your product offering and and system versus the non-fungible and and like why do you think it's more powerful to have both sure so in terms of the utility of of our
1: fungible burp token it's about giving our token holders and supporters of our project special access to certain, certain areas within our ecosystem or, or discounts on certain things. So maybe that's on the centralized side where you'd get discounted trade fees and, and, uh, and, and withdrawals and deposits. Um, and then as we look to move forward, again, look, as as we are, as we are building out these marketplaces, if, if users from our centralized exchange wanted to interact with entities and, and, and buy them, then naturally, if you're if you're a Burp holder, you would get some some cool discounts and some rewards on there. And then the non fungible side is is a really interesting play for us because it's a way that we can reward not just not just through the lottery mechanic or the raffle mechanic that we're creating, but we have a much wider approach in terms of um, like milestones. So if you if you have your first your first trades first 10 trades you get you get a special nft which which is rewarded you as uh, as part of that and the idea that you have this unique um NFT created specifically for you and it's branded for you that has a value fiat value whether you wanted to trade it uh, as you move on knowing the nft space and and the technology behind it that was really important for us to be able to marry the two together in, in that sense because they just work so well together in, in terms of what we're trying to build.
0: Yeah. And I know prior to you joining the program, we published a, a bit of thought leadership around this idea of you know borrowing from Aave and Aave Gotche, the idea that you can have a game on top of a DeFi protocol that effectively rewards behavior. Now, of course, the idea of a fungible token is that you reward behavior. However, fungible tokens are often, as you say, they give a discount in the system. So effectively, you know, the the more you reward with a fungible token you're, you're offering, you're, you're devaluing or reducing the kind of revenue profits that that can be made in the system. So, you know, you, they need to be used sparingly. And so the great thing about it, a non-fungible token is that it doesn't kind of debase your underlying economy. You don't have to keep giving away supply and effectively perpetual discounts, but you can have a new form of value um, that kind of almost sits on, on top of it all and can be traded in, in secondary markets, right?
1: Yeah. And it's, I mean, as, as a token that will have a total supply of X, right? You can't continue to reward people with with tokens in perpetuity, there needs to be another reward mechanic which provides a different type of value with, like you said, doesn't doesn't devalue the underlying asset because we want to encourage people to continue using our burp token for better. We, of course, want the burp token value to increase. And if you are to be a project where you are solely rewarding users um, with a, a fungible token that you've created, it creates this inflation or even if you're doing really well this hyperinflation which goes against the whole premise of of you um trying to cause the uh, trying to trying to create buy pressure and, and, the, and the price to increase so yeah the the non-fungible aspect is, is is super important for us and we're doing yeah i mean this is just the start of where we want to go to we've got some cool I mean, as part of the raffle, and I forgot to mention, is that we are not only offering the rewards that are from our NFT platforms, but we've created our own generative NFT series that will be in the mix of prizes to be won each time you enter the uh, the raffle system. But as a, as a longer term solution, we, yeah, you, you mentioned Avogotchi and we, we've we dreamt up this idea called the Coinbook cook which we will be creating in 2022. And it, it plays around the the concept of these NFT ingredients and being able to craft them together to create this dish, which uh, it itself is an NFT, and have these random metrics against it, where uh, a random number generator will be rolled and decides specific characteristics of of a dish and how rare it is. The higher the rarity, the more rewards and, and discounts and stuff you get. So gamification, being playful is is something that we uh, we we love to do here and something we'll be doing with that cook off game.
0: Yeah. And I you know, I just love the aggression of innovation. I think your customer base, you know, clearly represents a kind of a subset of the community that they want or they need a C Fi product and they need that on an off ramp, but they also want to kind of play and experiment with with what's going on in DeFi and NFTs. And I think you know, you're really well-placed to serve them. So you, you've got some big news to announce. Um, can you tell us about how things have been going for you and you've just closed around and, and kind of you're now looking forward over the next couple of months? What what have you got planned? Sure. So, I mean, we joined you guys back in
1: January. It's been a whirlwind five months up until now. We've closed on about $5 million in, in private um, private funding and then we yeah i guess the exclusive for your guys is that we will be launching on on polka starter as a as our ido platform tbc on the date because i know they have a huge backlog but yeah we will be launching on there uh, against bsc and ETH. so everyone knows about the the gas fee issues at the minute um we want to be able to give our believers and, and token holders and guys who want to invest in our company the opportunity to invest from a from a chain which not so expensive to uh to interact with but we will create the bridge between the two and allow people to to freely move the tokens between the two chains but that's the big
0: news for you yeah very cool so look how can people engage you know whether it's directly with the product or in and around the community is it you know telegram discord
1: yeah so our, our main channels are yeah, Telegram and, and Discord, we got Coinburp on there. So just just search for us. You'll find us on there. Twitter as well. So a lot of the the, the breaking news and the and the, the big stuff which is coming out will be announced on Twitter. Or even check out our platform, right? Download, download the apps. We got the two apps in um, in iOS and Google Play Store. Coinbird.com as well, of course, if you register for an account on there, you'll, you'll get all the up-to-date news via email marketing and, and you'll get that stuff there. So they're the main channels. If you want to follow us and, and find out what we're up to, just give us a follow or, or, or
0: register via any one of those. Very cool. And as you said, you know, from your customer service background, you're very customer-centric, you're very responsive, and you're always kind of looking for for feedback. So I know that, that customers and users will be... Um, Will be well looked after. And Pete, look again. You know, I think it's been a real pleasure working with you in Accelerator. As I said, I think your story is very inspirational. I think you you're definitely representative of a new type of entrepreneur that's emerging in the space. As I said, you know, kind of a classic DJ. And I think the difference is, is that you know a lot of people don't want to put in the hard work at the moment you know they kind of just want to mess around um flipping things in DeFi. they don't want to do the hard work of actually building a business and handling user acquisition and user attrition and and all the all these things so i think uh you know you've done a great job there and i think that the numbers show it in terms of the user growth that you've been enjoying appreciate it no cheers jamie it's been great thanks very much If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of Web3.